0: Beginning this evening with uh, Genesis chapter 33, Uh, I'll be reading from the New King James version. Uh, Here in Genesis chapter 33, uh, the word of the Lord says, "Uh, Now Jacob lifted his eyes and looked, and there Esau was coming, and with him were four hundred men. So he divided the children among Leah, Rachel, and the two maidservants, and he put the maidservants and their children in front, Leah and her children behind, and Rachel and Joseph last. Then he crossed over before them and bowed himself to the ground seven times until he came near to his brother. But Esau ran to meet him and embraced him and fell on his neck and kissed him and they wept. And he lifted his eyes and saw the women and children and said, Who are these with you? And he said, The children whom God has graciously given your servant. Then the maidservants came near, they and their children, and bowed down. Verse 7. And Leah also came near with her children, and they bowed down. Afterward, Joseph and Rachel came near, and they bowed down. Then Esau said, What do you mean by all this company which I met? And he said, These are to find favor in the sight of my Lord. But Esau said, I have enough, my brother. Keep what you have for yourself. And Jacob said, No, please, if I have now found favor in your sight, then receive my present from my hand. Inasmuch as I have seen your face, as though I had seen the face of God, and you were pleased with me, please take my blessing that is brought to you, because God has dealt graciously with me, and because I have enough. And he urged him, and he took it. Then Esau said, Let us take our journey, let us go, and I will go before you. But Jacob said to him, My Lord knows that the children are weak, and the flocks and herds which are nursing are with me. And if the men should drive them hard one day, all the flock will die. Verse fourteen, please let my Lord go on ahead before his servant. I will lead on slowly at a pace which the livestock that go before me and the children are able to endure until I come to my Lord and seer. And Esau said, "Now let me leave with you some of the people who are with me. But he said, "What need is there? Let me find favour in the sight of my Lord." So Esau returned that day on his way to Seir, and Jacob journeyed to Succoth, built himself a house, and made booths for his livestock. Therefore the name of the place is called Succoth. Then Jacob came safely to the city of Shechem, which is in the land of Canaan, when he came from Padan Aram, and he pitched his tent before the city. And he bought the parcel of land where he had pitched his tent from the children of Hamor, Shechem's father, for one hundred pieces of money. Then he erected an altar there and called it El Elohi Israel. Thus ends chapter 33.
1: Reading in the New King James, chapter 34. Now Dinah, the daughter of Leah, whom she had borne to Jacob, went out to see the daughters of the land. And when Shechem, the son of Hamar the Hivite, prince of the country, saw her, he took her and lay with her and violated her. His soul was strongly attracted to Dinah, the daughter of Jacob, and he loved the young woman and spoke kindly to the young woman. So Shechem spoke to his father Hamar, saying, Get me this young woman as a wife. Verse 5. And Jacob heard that he had defiled Dinah, his daughter, Now his sons were with his livestock in the field, so Jacob held his peace until they came. Then Hamar, the father of Shechem, went out to Jacob to speak with him. And the sons of Jacob came in from the field when they heard it. And the men were grieved and very angry, because he had done a disgraceful thing in Israel by lying with Jacob's daughter, a thing which ought not to be done. But Hamar spoke with them, saying, The soul of my son Shechem longs for your daughter. Please give her to him as wife and make marriages with us. Give your daughters to us and take our daughters to yourselves. So you shall dwell with us and the land shall be before you. Dwell and trade in it and acquire possessions for yourselves in it. Verse 11. Then Shechem said to her father and her brothers, Let me find favor in your eyes, and whatever you say to me, I will give. Ask me ever so much dowry and gift, and I will give according to what you say to me. But give me the young woman as a wife. But the sons of Jacob answered Shechem and Hamor his father, and spoke deceitfully because he had defiled Dinah their sister. And they said to them, We cannot do this thing to give our sister to one who is uncircumcised. For that would be a reproach to us. But on this condition we will consent to you, if you will become as we are, if every male of you is circumcised. 16. Then we will give our daughters to you, and we will take your daughters to us, and we will dwell with you, and we will become one people. But if you will not heed us and be circumcised, then we will take our daughter and be gone. And their words pleased Hamor and Shechem, Hamor's son. So the young man did not delay to do the thing because he delighted in Jacob's daughter. He was more honorable than all the household of his father. And Hamor and Shechem, his son, came to the gate of their city and spoke with the men of their city, saying, These men are at peace with us, therefore let them dwell in the land and trade in it, for indeed the land is large enough for them. Let us take their daughters to us as wives, and let us give them our daughters." 22, only on this condition will the men consent to dwell with us, to be one people, if every male among us is circumcised as they are circumcised. Will not their livestock, their property, and every animal of theirs be ours? Only let us consent to them, and they will dwell with us. And all went out of the gate of his city, heeded Hamor, and Shechem his son. Every male was circumcised all who went out of the gate of his city. 25. Now it came to pass on the third day when they were in pain that two of the sons of Jacob, Simeon and Levi, Dinah's brothers, each took his sword and came boldly upon the city and killed all the males. And they killed Hamar and Shechem his son with the edge of the sword and took Dinah from Shechem's house and went out. The sons of Jacob came upon the slain, And plundered the city because their sister had been defiled. 28. They took their sheep, their oxen, and their donkeys, what was in the city and what was in the field, and all their wealth, all their little ones and their wives, they took captive, and they plundered even all that was in the houses. Then Jacob said to Simeon and Levi, You have troubled me by making me obnoxious among the inhabitants of the land, among the Canaanites and the Perizzites. And since I am few in number, they will gather themselves together against me and kill me. I shall be destroyed, my household and I. But they said, Should he treat our sister like a harlot? That's the end of chapter 34.
2: I am reading out of the ESV. We will start reading chapter 35. God said to Jacob, Arise, go up to Bethel and dwell there. Make an altar there to the God who appeared to you when you fled from your brother Esau. So Jacob said to all his household and to all who were with him, Put away the foreign gods that are among you and purify yourselves and change your garments. Then let us arise and go up to Bethel so that I may make there an altar to the God who answers me in the day of my distress and has been with me wherever I have gone. So they gave to Jacob all the foreign gods that they had, and the rings that were in their ears. Jacob hid them under the terebinth tree that was near Shechem. And as they journeyed, a terror from God fell upon the cities that were around them, so they did not pursue the sons of Jacob. And Jacob came to Luz, that is, Bethel, which is in the land of Canaan, he and all the people who were with him. And there he built an altar called the Place El Bethel, Because God had revealed himself to him when he fled from his brother. And Deborah, Rebekah's nurse, died, and she was buried under an oak below Bethel. So he called its name Alan bakuth God appeared to Jacob again, and when he came from Paddan Aram, Paddan Aram and blessed him. Verse 10. And God said to him, Your name is Jacob. No longer shall your name be called Jacob, but Israel shall be your name. So he called his name Israel. And God said to him, I am God Almighty. Be fruitful and multiply. A nation and a company of nations shall come from you, and kings shall come from your own body. The land that I gave Abraham and Isaac I will give to you, and I will give the land to your offspring after you. Then God went up from him in the place where he had spoken with him. And Jacob set up a pillar in the place where he had spoken with him, a pillar of stone. He poured out a drink offering upon it and poured oil on it. So Jacob called the place, the name of the place where God has spoken with him, Bethel. Verse 16. Then they had journeyed from Bethel. When they were some distance from Ephrath. Rachel went into labor, and she had hard labor. And when her labor was at its hardest, the midwife said to her, Do not fear, for you have another son. And her soul was departing, for she was dying. She called his name ben Oni, but his father called him Benjamin. So Rachel died, and she was buried on the way to Ephrath, that is, Bethlehem. And Jacob set up a pillar over her tomb. It is the pillar of Rachel's tomb, which is there to this day. Israel journeyed on and pitched his tent beyond the tower of Eder. Verse 22. While Israel lived in that land, Reuben went and lay with Bilhal, his father's concubine, and Israel heard of it. Now the sons of Jacob were twelve, the sons of Leah, Reuben, Jacob's firstborn, Simeon, Levi, Judah, Ishkar, and Zebulun, the sons of Rachel, Joseph, and Benjamin, the sons of Bilhah, Rachel's servant, Dan, and Eftali, the sons of Zilpah, Leah's servant, Gad, and Asher. These were the sons of Jacob who were born to him in Paddan Aram. And Jacob came to his father Isaac at Mamre, or Kirath the that is Hebron, where Abraham and Isaac had sojourned. Now the days of Isaac were a hundred and eighty years, and Isaac breathed his last, and he died and was gathered to his people, old and full of days, and his sons, Esau and Jacob, buried him. That is the end of chapter 35.
3: I'm also reading from the ESV. The word of the Lord says in chapter 36, verse 1, These are the generations of Esau, that is Edom. Esau took his wives from the Canaanites, Ada, the daughter of Elon the Hittite, Aholibama the daughter Anna, the daughter of Zibion, the Hivite, and Basemath, Ishmael's daughter, the system of Naboth. And Adah bore to Esau Eliphaz, Basemath bore Ruel, and Aholibamah bore Jewish, Jeush, Jalem, and Korah. These are the sons of Esau who were born to him in the land of Canaan. Verse 6. Then Esau took his wives, his sons, his daughters, and all members of his household, his livestock, all his beasts, and all his property that he had acquired in the land of Canaan. He went into a land away from his brother Jacob, for their possessions were too great for them to dwell together. The land of their sojourning could not support them because of their livestock. So Esau settled in the hill country of Seir. Esau is Edom, verse 9. These are the generations of Esau, the father of the Edomites in the hill country of Seir. These are the names of Esau's sons. Eliphaz, the son of Ada, the wife of Esau. Ruel, the son of Basemath, the wife of Esau. The sons of Eliphaz were Teman, Omar, Zepho, Gatam, and Kenaz. Timnah was a concubine of Eliphaz. Esau's son, she bore Amalek to Eliphaz. These are the sons of Ada, Esau's wife. These are the sons of Uel, Nahath, Zerah, Shammah, and Mizah. These are the sons of Basemath, Esau's wife. These are the sons of Bama, the daughter of Anna, the daughter of Zibion, Esau's wife. She bore to Esau, Jeush, Jalem, and Korah. Verse 15, these are the chiefs of the sons of Esau. The sons of Eliphaz, the firstborn of Esau, the chiefs Teman, Omar, Zepho, Canaz, Korah, Gadam, and Amalek. These are the chiefs of Eliphaz in the land of Edom. These are the sons of Adah. These are the sons of Reuel, Esau's sons. The chiefs Nahath, Zerah, Shamath, and Mizah. These are the chiefs of Ruel in the land of Edom. These are the sons of Basemath, Esau's wife. These are the sons of Aholibama Esau's wife, the chiefs Jeush Jalem, and Korah. These are the chiefs born of Aholibama, the daughter of Anna, Esau's wife. These are the sons of Esau, that is Edom, and these are their chiefs. These are the sons of Seir, the Horite, the inhabitants of the land, Lotan, Shobal, Zibion, Anna, Dishan, Ezer, and Deshan. These are the chiefs of the Horites, the sons of Seir in the land of Edom. The sons of Lotan were Ori and Heman, and Lotan's sister was Timnah. These are the sons of Shobal: Alvan, Menahath, Ebal, Shepho, and Onam. These are the sons of Zibion, Ai, and Anna. He is the Anna who found the hot springs in the wilderness as he pastured the donkeys of Zibion, his father. These are the children of Anna, Dishon, and Aholibama, the daughter of Anna. These are the sons of Dishon. Himdan, Eshban, Ithran, and Charon. These are the sons of Ezer, Bilhan, Zavan, and Achan. These are the sons of Dishan, Uz, and Aran. These are the chiefs of the Horites, the chiefs Lotan, Shobal, Zibion, Anna, Dishan, Ezer, and Dishan. These are the chiefs of the Horites, chief by chief in the land of Seir. Verse 31. These are the kings who reigned in the land of Edom before any king reigned over the Israelites. Bela, the son of Beor, reigned in Edom. The name of his city being Denhaba. Bela died, and Jobab the son of Zerah of Basra, reigned in his in his place. Jobab died, and Husham of the land of the Temanites reigned in his place. Husham died, and Hadad, the son of Bedad, who defeated Midian in the country of Moab, reigned in his place. The name of the city being Aveth. Hadad died, and Shamla and Mashrika reigned in his place. Verse 37, Shamla died, and Shaul of Rehoboth, Rehoboth of the Euphrates reigned in his place. Shaul died, and Baal- Baal-Hanan, the son of Akbor, reigned in his place. Baal-Hanan, the son of Akbor, died, and Hadar reigned in his place, the name of his city being Pau. His wife's name was Mehedabel, the daughter of Metred, Daughter of Mezhehab. These are the names of the chiefs of Esau according to their clans and their dwelling places by their names. The chiefs Timnah, Alva, Jetheth, Aholibama, Elah, Pinyon, Kinaz, Timan, Midzar, Magdiel, and Erem. These are the chiefs of Edom, that is Esau, the father of Edom, according to their dwelling places in the land of their possession. Thus concludes chapter 36.
4: This is Genesis chapter 37. I'll be reading from New King James. Now Jacob dwelt in the land where his father was a stranger, in the land of Canaan. This is the history of Jacob. Joseph, being 17 years old, was feeding the flock with his brothers, and the lad was with the sons of Bilhah and the sons of Zilpah, his father's wives, and Joseph brought a bad report of them to his father. Now, Israel loved Joseph more than all his children because he was the son of his old age. Also, he made him a tunic of many colors. When his brothers saw that their father loved him more than all his brothers, they hated him and could not speak peaceably to him. Now, Joseph had a dream, and when he told it to his brothers, and they hated him even more. So he said to them, Please hear this dream which I have dreamed. There we were, binding sheaves in the field, And behold, my sheaf arose and stood upright, and indeed your sheaves stood all around and bowed bowed down to my sheaf. And his brother said to him, Shall you indeed reign over us, or shall you indeed have dominion over us? So they hated him even more for his dreams and for his words. Verse 9. Then he dreamed still another dream and told it to his brothers and said, Look, I have dreamed another dream, and this time the sun, the moon, and the eleven stars Bow down to me. So he told it to his father and his brothers, and his father rebuked him and said to him, What is this dream that you have dreamed? Shall your mother and I and your brothers indeed come to bow down to the earth before you? And his brothers envied him, but his father kept the matter in mind. Then his brothers went to feed their father's flock in Shechem, and Israel said to Joseph, Are not your brothers feeding the flock in Shechem? Come, I will send you to them. So he said to him, Here I am. And he said to him, Please go and see if it is well with your brothers and well with the flocks, and bring back word to me. So he sent him out to the valley of Hebron, and he went to Shechem. Now a certain man found him, and there he was, wandering in the field. And the man asked him, What are you seeking? So he said, I am seeking my brothers. Please tell me where they are feeding their flocks. And the man said, They have departed from here, for I heard them say, Let us go to Dothan. So Joseph went after his brothers and found them in Dothan. Verse 18. Now when they saw him afar off, even before he came near them, they conspired against him to kill him. Then they said to one another, Look, this dreamer is coming. Come, therefore, let us now kill him and cast him into some pit. And we shall say, Some wild beast has devoured him. We shall see what will become of his dreams. But Reuben heard it, and he delivered him out of their hands and said, Let us not kill them. And Reuben said to them, Shed no blood, but cast him into this pit, which is in the wilderness, and did not lay a hand on him, that he might deliver him out of their hands and bring him back to his father. So it came to pass, when Joseph had come to his brothers, that he had stripped Joseph of his tunic, the tunic of many colors that was on him. Then they took him and cast him into a pit, and the pit was empty. There was no water in it. And they sat down to eat a meal. Then they lifted their eyes and looked, and there was a company of Ishmaelites coming from Gilead with their camels bearing spices, balm, and myrrh, on their way to carry them down to Egypt. So Judas said to his brothers, What profit is there if we kill our brother and conceal his blood? Verse 27. Come and let us sell him to the Ishmaelites, and let not our hand be upon him, for he is our brother in our flesh. And his brothers listened. Then Midianite traders passed by, and so the brothers pulled Joseph up and lifted him out of the pit and sold him to the Ishmaelites for 20 shekels of silver. And they took Joseph to Egypt. Then Reuben returned to the pit, and indeed Joseph was not in the pit, and he tore his clothes. And he returned to his brother, saying, The lad is no more, and I, where shall I go? So they took Joseph's tunic, killed a kid of the the goats, and dipped the tunic in the blood. Then they sent the tunic of many colors, and they brought it to their father and said, We have found this. Do you know whether it is your son's tunic or not? Verse 33. And he recognized it and said, It is my son's tunic. A wild beast has devoured him. Without doubt, Joseph is torn to pieces. And Jacob tore his clothes, put sackcloth on his waist, and mourned for his son many days. And all his sons and all his daughters arose to comfort him, but he refused to be comforted. And he said, For I shall go down into the grave to my son in mourning. Thus his father wept for him. Now the Midianites had told him in Egypt to Potiphar, an officer of the Pharaoh and captain of the guard. And this concludes reading God's word. Okay, continuing
5: in Genesis chapter 38, I'm reading from the Legacy Standard Bible. Genesis 38, verse 1. Now it happened at that time that Judah went down from his brothers and turned aside to a certain Adulamite whose name was Hira. And Judah saw there a daughter of a certain Canaanite woman whose name was Shua. And he took her and went into her. Verse 3. So she conceived and bore a son and named him Ur. Then she conceived again and bore a son, and she named him Onan. And she bore still another son, and she named him Shelah. And it was at Chezeb that she bore him. Then Judah took a wife for Ur, his firstborn, and her name was Tamar. But Ur... Judah's firstborn was evil in the sight of Yahweh, so Yahweh put him to death. Verse 8. Then Judah said to Onan, Go into your brother's wife and perform your duty as a brother in law to her, and raise up a seed for your own brother. And Onan knew that the seed would not be his, and it happened that when he went in to his brother's wife, he wasted it on the ground in order to not give seed to his brother. Verse ten but what he did was displeasing in the sight of Yahweh, so he put him to death. Also, then Judah said to his brother, or said to his daughter-in-law Tamar, "Live as a widow in your father's house until my son Sheila grows up." For he thought, "I am afraid lest he also die like his brothers." So Tamar went and lived in her father's house. Verse twelve. And after a considerable time, she daughter, the wife of Judah died. Then Judah was comforted, and he went up to his sheep shears at Timnah, he and his friend Hira the Adullamite. Then it was told to Tamar, Behold, your father-in-law is going up to Timnah to shear sheep. So she removed her widow's garments from herself and covered herself with a veil and wrapped herself. And she sat at the entrance of Ennium, which is on the road to Timnah, for she saw that Sheila had grown up and that she had not been given to him as a wife." Verse 15, then Judah saw her, and he thought she was a harlot, for she had covered her face. So he turned aside to her by the road and said, Now let me come into you. For he did, for he did not know that she was it. She was his daughter in law. And she said, What will you give me that you may come into me? Verse 17, he said, Therefore I will send you a young goat from the flock. She said, Moreover, will you give me a pledge until you send it? Then he said, What pledge shall I give you? And she said, Your signet and your cord and your staff that is in your hand." So she gave them to her, and he went into her, and she conceived by him. Verse 19, Then she arose and went, and she removed her veil from herself and put on a widow's garments. Then Judas sent the young goat by his friend the Adulamite to take the pledge from the woman's hand, but he did not find her. So he asked the men of the place, saying, where is the cult prostitute who was by the road at Enom? But he said but they said there has been no cult prostitute here. Verse 22. So he returned to Judah and said, I did not find her and furthermore the men of this place said there has been no cult prostitute here. Then Judah said, let her keep them lest we become a laughingstock. Behold, I sent this young goat and you did not find her. Verse twenty four. Now it happened about three months later that it was told to Judah, saying, "Your daughter in law Tamar has played the harlot, and behold, she is with child by harlotry." Then Judah said, "Bring her out and let her be burned." It was while she was being brought out that she sent her father in law, saying, "I am with child by the man whom these things belong." And she said, "Please recognize this and see whose signet ring and cords and staff these are these." And Judah recognized them and said. She is more righteous than I, in so much as I did not give her my son Sheila, and he did not know her again. Verse 27, now it happened at the time she was giving birth that, behold, there were twins in her womb. And it happened while she was giving birth, uh, one put out a hand, and the midwife took it and tied a scarlet thread on his hand, saying, this one came out first. And it happened as he drew back his hand that, behold, his brother came out So she said, What a breach you have made for yourself. So he was named Perez. Afterward, his brother came out, who had the scarlet thread on his hand, and he was named Zerah. That is the end of chapter 38.
6: I'll be reading from the KJV, chapter 39. And Joseph was brought down to Egypt. And Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, captain of the guard, an Egyptian, bought him, out of, bought him of the hands of the Ishmaelites, which had brought him down thither. And the Lord was with Joseph, and he was a prosperous man, and he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. And his master saw that the Lord was with him, and that the Lord made all that he did to prosper in his hand. And Joseph found grace in his sight, and he served him, and he made him overseer over his house, and all that he had and all that he had he put into his hand. Verse five. And it came to pass from the time that he had from the time that he had made him overseer in his house, and over all that he had, that the Lord blessed the Egyptians' house for Joseph's sake, and the blessing of the Lord was upon all that he had in the house and in the field. And he left all that he had in Joseph's hand, and he knew not aught he had, save the bread which he did eat, and Joseph was a goodly person and well favored. And it came to pass after these things that his master's wife cast her eyes upon Joseph, and she said, Lie with me. But he refused, and said unto his master's wife, Behold, my master wotteth not what is with me in the house. And he hath committed all that he hath to my hand. There is none greater in this house than I. Neither hath he kept back anything from me but thee, because thou art his wife. How then can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? Verse 10. And it came to pass, as she spake to Joseph day by day, that he hearkened not unto her, to lie by her, or to be with her. And it came to pass about this time that Joseph went into the house to do his business, and there was none of the men of the house there within. And she caught him by his garment, saying, Lie with me. And he left his garment in her hand and fled and got him out. And it came to pass, when she saw that he had left his garment in her hand and was fled forth, that she called unto the men of her house and spake unto them, saying, See, he hath brought in a Hebrew unto unto us to mock us. He came in unto me to lie with me, and I cried with a loud voice. Verse 15. And it came to pass, when he heard that I lifted up my voice and cried, that he left his garment with me and fled and got him out. And she laid up his garment by her until his Lord came home. And she spake unto him according to these words, saying, The Hebrew servant which thou hast brought unto us came in unto me to mock me. And it came to pass, as I lifted up my voice and cried, that he left his garment with me and fled out. And it came to pass, when his master heard the words of his wife, which she spake unto him, saying, After this manner did thy servant to me, that his wrath was kindled. Verse 20. And Joseph's master took him and put him into the prison, a place where the king's prisoners were bound, and he was there in the prison. But the Lord was with Joseph and showed him mercy, and gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. And the keeper of the prison committed to Joseph's hand all the prisoners that were in the prison, and whatsoever they did there, he was the doer of it. The keeper of the prison looked not to anything that was under his hand, because the Lord was with him, and that which he did, the Lord made it to prosper. And that concludes chapter 39.
7: We read in Genesis chapter 40 from the ESV. <clears throat> Verse 1 Sometime after this, the cupbearer of the king of Egypt and his baker committed an offense against their lord, the kingdom of Egypt. And Pharaoh was angry with his two officers, the chief cupbearer and the chief baker. And he put them in custody in the house of the captain of the guard, in the prison where Joseph was confined. The captain of the guard appointed Joseph to be with them, and he attended them. They continued for some time in custody. And one night they both dreamed, the cupbearer and the baker of the king of Egypt, who were confined in the prison, each his own dream, and each dream with his own interpretation. When Joseph came to, be, come, came to them in the morning, he saw that they were troubled. So he asked the Pharaoh, Pharaoh's officers, who were with him in custody in his master's house, why are your faces so downcast today? They said to him, we have had dreams, and there is none, no one to interpret them. And Joseph said to them, Do not interpretations belong to the God? Please tell them to me. Verse 9, So the chief cupbearer told his dream to Joseph and said to him, In my dream there was a vine before me, and on the vine there were three branches. As soon as it budded, its blossoms shot forth, and clusters ripened into grapes. Pharaoh's cup was in my hand, and I took the grapes and pressed them into Pharaoh's cup, and placed the cup in Pharaoh's hand. Then Joseph said to him, This is the interpretation. The three branches are three days. Verse 16, when the chief baker saw that the interpretation was favorable, he said to Joseph, I also had a dream. There were three cake baskets on my head, and in the uppermost basket there was all sorts of baked food for Pharaoh. But the birds were eating out of the basket on my head, and Joseph answered and said, this is the interpretation. The three baskets are three days, and in three days Pharaoh will lift up your head from you and hang you on a tree, and the birds will eat the flesh from you. On the third day, which was Pharaoh's birthday, he made a feast for all his servants and lifted up the head of the chief cupbearer, and the head of the chief baker among his servants. He restored the chief cupbearer to his position, and he placed the cup in Pharaoh's hand. But he hanged the chief baker as Joseph had it had interpreted to them. Yet the chief cupbearer did not remember Joseph, but forgot him. This is that was concludes Genesis chapter forty.
8: <clears throat> I will be reading from the New American Standard, Genesis chapter 41. Now it happened at the end of 2 full years that Pharaoh had a dream, and behold, he was standing by the Nile, and lo from the Nile there came up 7 cows, sleek and fat, and they grazed in the marsh grass. Then behold, 7 other cows came up from the Nile, from came up after them from the Nile, ugly and gaunt, and they stood by the other cows on the bank of the Nile. The ugly and gaunt cows ate up the seven sleek and fat cows. Then Pharaoh awoke. He fell asleep and dreamed a second time. And behold, seven ears of green came up on a single stalk, plump and good. Then behold, seven ears, thin and scorched by the east wind, sprouted up after them. The thin ears swallowed up the seven plump, full ears. Then Pharaoh awoke. And behold, it was a dream. Now in the morning his spirit was troubled. So he sent and called for all the magicians of Egypt and all of its wise men and Pharaoh told them his dreams but there was no one who could interpret them to Pharaoh verse 9 Then the chief cupbearer spoke to Pharaoh saying I would make mention today of my own offenses Pharaoh was furious with his servants and he put them in confinement in the house of the captain of the bodyguard both me and the chief baker we had a dream, and on the same night, he and I, each of us, dreamed according to the interpretation of his own dream. Now a Hebrew youth was with us there, a servant of the captain of the bodyguard, and we related them to him. And he interpreted our dreams for us. To each one he interpreted according to his own dream. And just as he interpreted for us, so it happened. He restored me, to my, he restored me in my office, but he hanged him. Verse 14. Then Pharaoh sent and called for Joseph, and they hurriedly brought him out of the dungeon, and when he had shaved himself and changed his clothes, he came to Pharaoh. Pharaoh said to Joseph, I have had a dream, but no one can interpret it, and I have heard it is said about you that when you hear a dream, you can interpret it. Joseph then answered Pharaoh, saying, It is not in me. It is not in me. God will give Pharaoh a favorable answer. So Pharaoh spoke to Joseph, In my dream... Behold, I was standing on the bank of the Nile, and behold, seven cows, fat and sleek, came up out of the Nile, and they grazed in the marsh grass. Lo, seven other cows came up after them, poor and very ugly and gaunt, such as I have never seen for ugliness in all the land of Egypt. And the lean and ugly cows ate up the first seven fat cows. Yet when they had devoured them, it could not be detected that they had devoured them, for they were just as ugly before, as before." Then I awoke. I saw also in my dream, and behold, seven ears, full and good, came up on a single stalk. And lo, seven ears withered and thin and scorched by the east wind sprouted up after them. And the thin ears swallowed up the seven good ears. Then I told it to the magicians, but there was no one who could explain it to me. Verse 25. Now Joseph said to Pharaoh, Pharaoh's dreams are one and the same. God has told Pharaoh what he is about to do. The seven good cows are seven years, and the seven good ears are seven years. The dreams are one and the same. The seven lean and ugly cows came up after them After them are seven years, and the seven thin ears scorched by the east wind will be seven years of famine. It is as I have spoken to Pharaoh. God has shown to Pharaoh what he is about to do. Behold, seven years of great abundance are coming in all the land of Egypt, and after them seven years of famine will come, and all the abundance will be forgotten in the land of Egypt, and the famine will ravage the land. So the abundance will be unknown in the land because it was of that subsequent famine, for it will be very severe. Now as for the repeating of the dream to Pharaoh twice, it means that the matter is determined by God, and God will quickly bring about it. Now let Pharaoh look for a man discerning and wise and set him over the land of Egypt. Let Pharaoh take action to appoint overseers in charge of the land. Let him exact a fifth of the produce of the land of Egypt in the seven years of abundance. Then let them gather all the food in the good years that are coming and store up the grain for the food in the cities under Pharaoh's authority and let them guard it. Let the food become as a reserve for the land, For the seven years of famine which will occur in the land of Egypt, so that the land will not perish during the famine. Verse 37, Now the proposal seemed good to Pharaoh and to all his servants. Then Pharaoh said to his servants, Can we find a man like this in whom is a divine spirit? So Pharaoh said to Joseph, Since God has informed you of all of this, there is no one so discerning and wise as you are. You shall be over my house, and according to your command, All my people shall do homage. Only in the throne I will be greater than you. Pharaoh said to Joseph, See, I have set you over all the land of Egypt. Then Pharaoh took off his signet ring from his hand and put it on Joseph's hand and clothed him in garments of fine linen and put the gold necklace around his neck. He had him ride in his second chariot and they proclaimed before him, Bow the knee and set him over the land of or all of the land of Egypt. Moreover, Pharaoh said to Joseph, Though I am Pharaoh, yet without your permission, no one shall raise his hand or foot in all of the land of Egypt. Then Pharaoh named Joseph zaphnath paneah and gave him Asenath, the Pharaoh of Potiphera, priest of On, as his wife. And Joseph went forth over the land of Egypt. Verse 46. Now Joseph was thirty years old when he stood before Pharaoh king of Egypt. And Joseph went out from the presence of Pharaoh and went through all the land of Egypt. During the seven years of plenty the land brought forth abundantly. So he gathered all the food of these seven years which occurred in the land of Egypt and placed the food in the cities. He placed in every city the food from its surrounding fields. Thus Joseph stored up grain in great abundance like the sand of the sea until he stopped measuring it, for it was beyond measure. Verse fifty. Now before the year famine came, two sons were born to Joseph, whom Aseneth, the daughter of Potifar, priest of On, bore to him. Joseph named the firstborn Manasseh, for he said, "God has made me forget all my trouble and all my father's household." He named the second Ephraim, for he said, "God has made me fruitful in the land of my affliction." When the seven years of plenty, which had been in the land of Egypt, came to an end. And the seven years of famine began to come, just as Joseph had said, there was a famine in all the lands, but in the land of Egypt there was bread. So when all the land of Egypt was famished, the people cried out to Pharaoh for bread. And Pharaoh said to all the Egyptians, Go to Joseph, whatever he says to to you, you shall do. When the famine was spread over all the face of the earth, then Joseph opened up all the storehouses and sold to the Egyptians, and the famine was severe in the land of Egypt. The people of all the earth came to Egypt to buy grain from Joseph, because the famine was severe in all the earth. Thus concludes chapter 41 of Genesis.
9: All right, I'm reading from the New King James Version, chapter 42, verse 1. When Jacob saw that there was grain in Egypt, Jacob said to his sons, Why do you look at one another? And he said, Indeed, I have heard that there is grain in Egypt. Go down to that place and buy for us there, that we may live and not die. So Joseph's ten brothers went down to buy grain in Egypt. But Jacob did not send Joseph's brother, Benjamin, with his brothers. For he said, Lest some calamity befall him. And the sons of Israel went to buy grain among those who journeyed. For the famine was in the land of Canaan. Now Joseph was governor over the land, and it was he who sold to all the people of the land... And Joseph's brothers came and bowed down before him with their faces to the earth. Joseph saw his brothers and recognized them, but he acted as a stranger to them and spoke roughly to them. Then he said to them, where do you come from? And they said, from the land of Canaan to buy food. Verse 8. So Joseph recognized his brothers, but they did not recognize him. Then Joseph remembered the dreams which he had dreamed about them and said to them, you are spies. You have come to see the nakedness of the land. And they said to him, no, my Lord. But your servants have come to buy food. We are all one man's sons. We are honest men. Your servants are not spies. But he said to them, No, but you have come to see the nakedness of the land. And they said, Your servants are twelve brothers, the sons of one man in the land of Canaan. And in fact, the youngest is with our father today, and one is no more. But Joseph said to them, It is as I spoke to you, saying, You are spies. In this manner you shall be tested. By the life of Pharaoh you shall not leave this place unless your youngest brother comes here. "'Send one of you, and let him bring your brother, "'and you shall be kept in prison, "'that your words may be tested to see "'whether there is any truth in you, "'or else, by the life of Pharaoh, surely you are spies.' "'So he put them all together in prison three days.'" Verse 18. Then Joseph said to them the third day, "'Do this and live, for I fear God. "'If you are honest men, "'let one of your brothers be confined to your prison house, "'but you go and carry grain for the famine of your houses,' and bring your youngest brother to me so your words will be verified and you shall not die and they did so then they said to one another we are truly guilty concerning our brother for we saw the anguish of his soul when he pleaded with us and we would not hear therefore this distress has come upon us and reuben answered them saying did i not speak to you saying do not sin against the boy and you would not listen therefore behold his blood is now required of us but they did not know that joseph understood them for he spoke to them through an interpreter And he turned himself away from them and wept. Then he returned to them again and talked with them, and he took Simeon from them and bound him before their eyes. Verse 25. Then Joseph gave a command to fill their sacks with grain, to restore every man's money to his sack, and to give them provisions for the journey. Thus he did for them. So they loaded their donkeys with the grain and departed from there. But as one of them opened his sack to give his donkey feed at the encampment, he saw his money, and there it was in the mouth of his sack. So he said to his brothers, My money has been restored, and there it is in my sack. Then their hearts failed them, and they were afraid, saying to one another, What is this that God has done to us? Verse 29. Then they went to Jacob their father in the land of Canaan, and told him all that had happened to them, saying, The man who is lord of the land spoke roughly to us, and took, took us for spies of the country. But we said to him, We are honest men, we are not spies. We are twelve brothers, sons of our fathers. One is no more, and the youngest is with our father this day in the land of Canaan. Then the man, the lord of the country, said to us, By this I will know that you are honest men. Leave one of your brothers here with me. Take food for the famine of your households and be gone. And bring your youngest brother to me, so that I shall know that you are not spies, but that you are honest men. I will grant your brother to you, and you may trade in... The land, and you may trade in the land. Then it happened as they emptied their sacks that surprisingly each man's bundle of money was in his sack. And when they and their father saw the bundles of money, they were afraid. And Jacob their father said to them, You have bereaved me. Joseph is no more. Simeon is no more. And you want to take Benjamin? All these things are against me. Then Reuben spoke to his father, saying, Kill my two sons if I do not bring him back to you. Put him in my hands, and I will bring him back to you. But he said, My son shall not go down with you. For his brother is dead, and he is left alone. If any calamity should befall him along the way in which you go, then you would bring down my gray hair with sorrow to the grave. That ends chapter 42.